All right, this is episode six of the Carnism Debunk podcast. Very pleased today to be joined by Altab Hossein, who's known for his tireless work in the Bengali animal rights scene, and who I know has got some very interesting stories to tell. So Altab, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, George, for having me here. Thank you so much. I've been following you since a long, long time, and I've learned a lot from your activism. Thank you so much for having me here. Pleasure to have you on. So, first of all, tell everyone who's unaware um, about Bengal. What is Bengal, you know, geographically, politically and culturally? So, Bengal is a state very close to Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh is a country uh, after uh, 1947 when the British left India. So, India was divided in two parts. One is Pakistan and India. Then, uh, in 1971... Uh, uh, Pakistan was divided in two parts, Bangladesh and Pakistan. Now, uh, Bangladesh is very close to West Bengal. Bengal West Bengal is a uh, state, the divided state uh, in, uh, in a way uh, where people were speaking a certain language. So Bengali-speaking people were uh, given this uh, state called West Bengal. And it is culturally very rich. Uh, people are like, uh, they take a lot of pride in uh, art and culture and singing, music, poetry. They take pride in copying the English, right? In the copying the English because uh, Bengal had uh, Calcutta uh, and Calcutta was at that time, it was the capital of the British Empire. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Bengal takes a lot of pride. India is a country, Hindu majority country. Yeah. which despises eating cow meat. But when you come to Bengal, the scene is totally different. People take pride in eating cow meat. So, so Bengal, it, is, as a region, does, does it go into several countries then? So it's like part India, part Bangladesh, would I be correct? No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's in India. So it's but, just, uh, just in India, yeah. Just in India. But it's culturally very close to Bangladesh. Because uh, okay. people are like speaking in Bangla- Bengali, yeah. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, yeah. So, um, tell us about sort of the work and stuff you've been doing in Bengal as an animal rights activist, and tell us about the animal rights scene over there. So, uh, Bengal uh, is a very challenging place to do animal rights activism because if you go all around India, thirty-three percent of India's population is already vegetarian. It is the highest number of vegetarians in the world. Yeah. India has the highest number of vegetarians in the world. But in Bengal, 99% of the population are meat eaters, like yeah. heavy meat eaters. So it is very difficult to do activism out here. And we get threatened a lot because there, it, this is a political tension as well in India. Uh, the BJP, the right-wing Hindu Nationalist Party are taking over all of India. And their final goal is to take over Bengal. And the election is coming very soon in two, three months in Bengal. And the right-wing nationalist party, BJP, that is the ruling government in India, they want to uh, take over this state too. And uh, ideologically and politically, West Bengal thinks differently. The people think differently. They think uh, um, eating meat and fish is a part of their culture. And if they let it go, so it will be like they will lose their culture. So they hold on to it very closely. And they are very insecure uh, when people uh, go out and speak about animal rights activism. And they mistake us for politician. Uh, like uh, they think that we have political agenda or religious agenda, that we are Hindus trying to impose our uh, religious belief of not eating animals uh, and uh, uh, consuming only dairy products, but they're mistaken. So it's just a very difficult place to do activism. Bengal is a very difficult place. Yeah. Why is that about fish specifically? Because I've noticed this as well in like the Bengali, like Bengali vegan Facebook pages and stuff like that. The trolls on there, they're always so caught up on the idea that they have to eat fishes. What's all that about? Two states in India are very popular, popular, uh, very passionate about eating fish. One is Kerala and uh, one is Bengal. And uh, strangely enough, these two states are the same states who are passionate about eating cow meat as well. So these are the two states that the 
BJP government or the right wing nationalist party do not have a control in, uh, do not have control over. So these uh, two states are like have rivers. That is why it is easier for them to get the fish and that is culturally and uh, it is like they, that's why they like to eat fish. It's uh, uh, near the river and they like fish from the river and they eat a lot of fish and they think it is very cultural thing to do and if they quit fish uh, they will lose their cultural identity now how do you identify religiously personally and what's the sort of primary religion of bengal the primary religion of bengal are hindus like uh, 70% 70% of the population of bengal is hindu population but these hindus are different from hindus of other states okay bengali hindus are very very liberal like these hindus will eat cow meat these will uh, these hindus will eat any kind of animals and they yeah. take pride in that the majority of i'm talking about these hindus are quite different to the hindus that you can see in other states who are the hindus in other state will beat you up if you eat cow meat they, they, there have been a lot of killings in india uh, in suspicion that someone is uh, carrying cow meat yeah so uh, the bengali bengali scene is different because also 30% of population bengal's population is muslim yeah and that's why uh, they like uh, to eat uh, cow meat and other kinds of meat a lot so that is why yeah religiously you can say it is very liberal uh, than other states and how what about you personally do you identify with any religious group yeah i i identify myself as a muslim but i am not like those extremists i am very open minded and i am very spiritual and i believe in connecting to a supreme power spiritual high power and i believe in finding peace i don't believe in violence so uh, if you see the majority where they are going in every religion they are focusing on violence they are focusing on uh, the wrong things they are doing the yeah. wrong things so i am very spiritual uh, i follow uh, ideologically i follow gandhi a lot and also martin luther king about uh, their ways of non violence so yeah, religiously i am a muslim and but i'll say i am also very spiritual Yeah. Now what do you say um to those Muslims who say that there are verses in your holy book that condone the slaughter of animals in the Quran in the maybe in the hadiths as well. Um how do you deal with the Muslim community when when so, people say the, stuff like that? So the word condones means support or doesn't support. What what's the meaning of the word condone? um so supports it so so I, when i oh, do an outreach and stuff i speak to a lot of muslims okay. and they will say yeah, yeah. stuff they're often very hard to get through to because they'll say stuff like no my religion commands me to eat animals and they say so, you yeah. know it's um it's wrong I, to make haram, uh, haram what allah has made halal like how do you deal with that first of all uh, i've heard people saying that uh, we should eat uh, meat uh, because muslims should eat meat but, but that's completely wrong because nowhere in the quran the holy quran or the hadith hadith is the saying of the prophet prophet mm-hmm. nowhere in the book it's written that you have to eat meat to be a muslim yeah. there ha- there have been verses where it's uh, written that uh, the god has given you everything and you can eat things which are made halal halal or which is permissible and this is a very broad term we have to go deep into it and not uh, think about the surface i'll say i'll say i'll i'll confidently say all the meat that muslims are eating in bengal i won't say i won't i won't comment about other states i've seen in india i don't know about other countries what's happening but i've seen here in bengal in kolkata all the meat the muslims eating if you go by the religious book if you follow the uh, laws if you follow whatever is written it is haram because yeah. in the book it's written the prophet says that a, an animal should not suffer even a little bit of pain there should be zero suffering from their birth to the day of their death one second it is said that the animal should be free should yeah. not be caged third it is said the animal should be in great health and the fourth it said that 
an animal cannot be killed in front of another animal. So there, uh, and a mother cannot be separated from her baby. So there are many verses and uh, like uh, opinions of the prophet, which if you like take it all, take all in on, take them together, then you will understand whatever the Muslims are doing currently is not halal. The, uh, the, the food thing is, is completely haram. They should not eat meat yeah. at all. Well, what I say usually in these situations is that you have to take historical context into account because what, what you tend to find is any good Muslim living nowadays, they will skim over those verses in the Quran, just as Christians would, who, you know, uh, verses that would seem to condone harming humans. And they'll say, no, listen, you have to understand the time this was written, historical context, blah, blah, blah. But what religious people don't tend to do, religious non-vegans this is, is they don't tend to apply that to animals as well. It's like they think that everything that to, to do with harming animals in the holy book is literally the word of God telling them to do this now, which they wouldn't apply in a human context. And this is what I think religious people need to do, right? They need to say, this is historical context. You have to understand at the time these books were written thousands of years ago, this would have been the culture at the time in like a survival situation, a desert situation where vegetation was sparse perhaps. But now, surely these verses just can't be applicable, right? Absolutely. I'll, I'll give you some points. Like uh, many people try to copy the prophet in the way he dressed in, the, the, in keeping beard and how he looked, how he spoke. Yeah. But majority of the people, majority of the people are wearing shirt and pants and half pants and whatever. Like they're, they're doing mohawk. They are doing all kinds of hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. See, so when, when you ask, when you ask them, why are you not following the prophet? Because <laughs> the prophet said, like, you have to do certain kind of hairstyle. You, yeah. you need to wear certain kind of clothes, but you are not wearing. We are following, following the Western culture and you are going to the nightclubs. You are drinking alcohol. You are dancing. Yeah. You are having free marital sex. You are having extramarital sex. You are yeah. doing all the things that the religion has said not to do. You are piling up wealth. The religion says you should not pile up wealth. And it says that do a lot of charity, but people are not doing it. All the things that religion said, people are not doing. And they are like do, doing what they want to do. They pick and, and just, choose, yeah. yeah. Pick and choose, like a buffet. And just because uh, uh -huh. they, do, they do this, so they do not feel uh, guilty about it. Because whenever yeah. you say that you are doing something wrong and they're saying that we are doing because God told us to do. Why would a God want you to eat meat? Because when you can live a better life while eating a plant-based diet. Because I'm very sure, I'm 100% sure if the prophet was alive at this day, he was a very smart man. If he was alive at this day, he would have ordered everyone, everyone to eat plant-based diet. Because... He was, uh, at that time, he was talking about uh, environment-friendly things. He was talking about animal rights. He was talking about animal welfare. He, he told his people that do not sit on the camel after you have uh, like reached your destination because the back of the camel hurts. He told his uh, companions do not separate uh, birds, like uh, the eggs from the birds because uh, they, they're, they're children. He told his companions not to destroy the home of the ants because one companion destroyed the home of ants. So he was very particular about animal welfare and animal suffering. He uh, he ate meat, but he ate meat like once a month or once in two months, very rarely, very rarely. But what are the Muslims doing? They are eating two, three times meat per day. And even the, the Hazrat Ali once said that don't make your body the graveyard. Because he realized what people were doing is are people are like eating too much meat. And uh, they realize that uh, eating too much meat is hard to digest. People are unable to digest the meat and that is becoming uh, bad for their health. So he uh, advised his uh, followers to not eat meat that much. Yeah. So how do you think we can make Muslims vegan then? What, what should be our strategy here? Yeah, uh, I'll come uh, to this. This is a very good question. First of all, we need Muslims to be open-minded and truthful and honest. If we have that, if we have that from them, then it will be very easy for us to convince them. So when we bring some verses from the Quran, Allah says in the Quran that I have given you this world to take care of it. 
and the birds and animals, the animal kingdom and the birds, everyone prays to me. And it is like a community like yourself. So take care of everyone first. But when we are destroying that, uh, this animal kingdom and every, because animals are going extinct, right? That's anti-Muslim thing that is happening. Yeah. Forest, forest is being destroyed. That is something anti-Muslim that is uh, anti-Muslim thing, anti-Islamic, un-Islamic thing that is happening. Then uh, people, uh, it said that take care of your health. People are eating and they're getting uh, diseases, heart diseases, diabetes, cancers, all kinds mm. of diseases. So when they're not taking care of their health uh, by eating bad food, they're doing something mm. that is un-Islamic when they're uh, like torturing animals, supporting factory farms. I'm, I'm not saying that Muslims do it. Everyone is doing this factory farming thing, right? Yeah. Uh, this meat industry, this dairy industry. So there are a lot of sufferings which Islam strongly condemns. So, yeah. if you go by the religious book, it is not, it is, it is un-Islamic. So, eating meat is un-Islamic, supporting animal agriculture is un-Islamic, supporting that is, uh, supporting something that is destroying the environment. Even I'll say that single-use plastic is un-Islamic. So, whatever you are su supporting that is harming your health or the environment or so, uh, like, uh, what is uh, causing cruelty to animals or other beings is un-Islamic. Yeah, and I'm interested to know as well, actually, because you mentioned the 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 mix of people in Bengal. You say it's like seventy percent Hindu and then thirty percent Muslim. I mean, who is it that you um, who do you find are more receptive to veganism and animal rights uh, religiously? Do you find it easier to talk to Hindus or to talk to Muslims in Bengal about animal rights? Yeah, it's a very difficult question you asked me. So, and on one hand. We have the liberal Hindus. They're very liberal. And mm -hmm. that is why they're, they're eating meat. Because they're liberals. Yeah. Right? And then there are people who are conservative, who don't want to change their ways. Who don't want to change their ways. They have, they have, they have been, they're, they're doing what they have been doing. And they will follow their previous generation. So these are the conservative Muslims who are eating meat, who are eating cow meat, who are eating uh, goat meat, who are eating chickens, because the pre previous generation has done. But these uh, uh, liberal Hindus, they are doing this because they think if they do not eat meat, they will become uh, the religious kind of Hindus, like illiberal Hindus, like uh, Hindus of other states, which they do not want to be. They want to show that yeah. we are Hindus, but we are very liberal. That is why we are eating meat. We are not the vegetarian Hindus and they are taking pride in that. So it gets very difficult to, you have to uh, like, do different kind of activism. If there are like two, three people and one person is a Muslim who is a conservative and then there is a, a, a liberal Hindu and then there is conservative Hindu, you have to bring forth different uh, uh, methods of activism. You have to say different things because I remember someone uh, came up to me. I was saying that, yeah, dairy industry is very bad. They are very cruel, right? He was a Hindu and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't support eating animals. But uh, uh, I drink milk because the Lord Krishna drinks milk and he, he drink, drank milk and he ate a lot of ghee. So I, I have to follow Lord Krishna. Yeah. That's what I'm doing it. And I had no nothing to say because at that time I was using a different method. I was saying that it is very cruel. And he said, no, in our Goshala, where we uh, have cows, we take a lot of care. Go, go. We, we respect the cow like gods. Uh, we take care of them and we let the baby uh, drink the milk first and then they take the milk. But the slavery was all uh, also happening at that time. Uh, but I couldn't say anything because I started off in a different uh, way. I, I was using a different approach. I was saying about the cruelty part that the animal industry, like the dairy industry is being cruel to the cows. And we should be protecting them. Uh, Hindus should be protecting them. And as good human beings, we shouldn't be supporting them. He said, no, we are very careful about cows. We have goshalas. But, uh, uh, the, but the good thing is, it, it was like two years ago, that guy uh, recently has gone vegan. And he not only has gone vegan, he has become a very active activist. He's like... Uh, posting about dairy cruelty and he has gone vegan and it's strange because I had a talk with him in book fair two years ago and now he's a vegan activist but I think it, it takes uh, people time to understand 
Yeah, I was going to say the the thing I find and from speaking with Indian activists as well is that, like you say, it, it seems to be very hard to get through to the Muslims about meat and stuff. But it's so hard to get through to Hindus about milk. There's this thing about what's the deal with absolutely. milk and Hinduism and why they absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It's as difficult to make a Hindu vegan, like a vegetarian Hindu vegan. So as, hard, uh, yeah. You, I think uh, it's easier to make a Muslim uh, vegetarian or vegan because yeah, they they will say that okay, God has permitted to eat meat, but the only thing that stops them from going complete vegan is uh, the animal sacrifice part apart from them uh, it is very easy it, he eats meat by choice he won't say that the god has told me god has mm-hmm. told me to eat meat he won't, he can't say that because that would be a lie so only thing that uh, stops us like uh, is a difficult part uh, hurdle for us activists is the animal sacrifice part in islam but when you come to hinduism they are doing daily prayers daily prayers with the clarified butter the wow. key yeah and then they were pouring regularly they're pouring uh, thousands of liters on the like lord shiva's uh, linga linga so there's a stone made of uh, ling yeah it's uh, to they're uh, praying to lord uh, shiva and they're pouring liters of milk on it on the uh, shiva linga so milk and is their they, life it's like crazy it's like their whole life yeah, revolves around but, milk now now, how can you convince them? Because yeah. it's religious. A Muslim is eating meat, it's not religious. A Muslim is eating da- daily eating meat, it is his creed. It is what, is, what, the, what he wants. You, ca- you can easily convince him, okay, don't eat it. And if he says, okay, I'm eating it, I won't eat it. But uh, when they're uh, in, in the temples, in the temples, people are praying on a daily basis. They are pouring milk on a daily basis. You cannot stop that. They will say that we are. It is written in the, in their Vedas, in their Puranas, in their uh, <clears throat> holy books, and, mm. and in Hinduism, it's it's like in Islam, you have one book, the Quran, and then you have another book like the sayings of the Prophet, the Hadith. So it's easy. Mm-hmm. But in Hinduism, there there are like lot of books. It's a mythology kind of thing. So people also take cultural thing as a religious thing. But then and it's, very di- it's very diverse because uh, we, uh, Hinduism came from paganism. Mm. It's a very old religion. But then there what is... about in Bengal? You mentioned the, the Hindus there are very liberal. They don't like the whole tradition thing. Is it not easier to get through to Bengali Hindus about milk? Like, do they do the same things with milk? No, they're not. They're not praying. They're, they're kind of like they they uh, they take pride in being atheist, uh, kind of that. So yeah, uh, they are not praying. So they don't care about it. Like they say, the people who are praying or pouring milk are stupid. Those milk should be consumed. They they, they think like that. Mm. But are they Those not milk should be, uh, as a result of that to talk to about veganism? Yeah, we when we talk to veganism, then these people are like uh, behave like intellectuals, right? But they are not. <laughs> what they say, what they say is okay. Plants feel pain. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> scientist, a very popular, a popular uh, scientist, Jagdish Chandra Bose. Yeah. He uh, proved that a plant react to certain kind of certain stimuli, and uh, like he's very popular all over the world. So he was the one who. Uh, like uh, said, plants uh, feel pain, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. most Bengalis use that thing. And they are like, okay, this scientist has said plants feel pain, plants feel pain, and animals feel pain. All are equal, so we will uh, do. We don't care about animal suffering, and uh, we don't uh, we don't support animal abuse. But uh, if uh, animals have to be killed or abused for uh, like our benefit, it should happen. I've noticed this with the plants, though, argument. It mainly tends to be people from South Asia. There's a huge prevalence there of the the ridiculous plants. You're killing plants argument tends to be from South Asia. A lot of the time I see on social media. So so do you think that's the reason for it? This figure who's quite celebrated in in Bengal and the rest of India? Yeah. Actually, uh, this uh, figure, uh, Jagdish Chandra Bose, he's celebrated all over the world because he was the first one who said plants feel pain. 
So right. whenever if someone comes to you and says plants will pain and he will give you an, a scientific article kind of that uh, some research, it will be of that uh, scientist Jagdish Chandra Bose. So he is yeah. popular all over the world, and that is the only thing that the, these people uh, anti vegans use against us. And in uh, in India, there is a problem. So now we vegan activists have become very vocal, right? But before us. there were this uh, 33% vegetarians mm-hmm. and they have been mocked a lot they have been uh, mm-hmm. like shamed and mocked and insulted uh, by these non vegetarians so yeah. now and they never retaliated they never retaliated they never came for argument or they never debated now we are having that problem we vegan activists are has we having to face that thing but uh, the people the non vegetarians the they are not having it as easy as ha- they had with this vegetarians you, you it is very easy to shut up a vegetarian but even i think one vegan is enough to take down a thousand uh, anti vegans uh, if you are talking about logical reasoning so yeah yeah uh, how are things with you personally like with your family and stuff about your veganism tell us because i know you said to me um before we started that you're having a bit of a conflict there can you expand on that a bit yeah with my family initially like it's a like up and down thing sometimes they are uh, happy not happy like sometimes they are not saying anything to me and then again uh, they are asking me to stop it all mm-hmm. uh, comes down to i'll say when when started when i started and they were eating meat in i i gradually quit uh, consuming meat and dairy and eggs it took me almost a month and then i started activism that was when they got very very angry at me and then after certain months the religious festival came and i had a huge fight with my dad i'm talking about like 2014 2015 yeah and uh, i wanted to leave home at that time but a very good friend from uk shakil kalam he advised me that if you leave home at this moment you will never be able to convince your family members to go vegan but if you stay there you may inspire them or influence them uh, to go vegan by uh, living a healthy happy life so if they they will see that you are healthier than them so they may think about it and uh, like they have uh, become now now they have become very open to veganism at least they they are uh, like convinced that <laughs> you won't die uh due to like uh, deficiency nutritional deficiency because initially my pop that uh, like challenged me that yeah. in two years in two years you will die due to like nutritional deficiency you won't be able to stand you will shiver yeah. like so that didn't happen and i am uh, proud about it because it's been six and a half years and at that time i didn't know anything about what will happen to me if i don't consume meat because i w- i didn't have any knowledge at that time i thought all the uh, good proteins were present in meat and dairy and eggs so that was a huge risk even my family doctor he said that okay you can quit everything but you shouldn't quit fish because without fish you won't be able to survive i said then how do vegetarians survive then he said they consume uh, dairy products but you are saying you won't consume dairy products at that time i didn't know much about it because so uh, i was lucky to have found a online vegan community and i was reading comments from people who said that we are vegan for 30 years 40 years and we didn't die and that gave me hope like if someone can live 30 years uh, as a vegan so i can live too and uh, so yeah and then eventually my family started cooking uh, food for me because uh, there was a time when i went for a hunger strike for 3 days i didn't eat anything it was uh, like yeah. i was inspired by gandhi so i realized uh, because my family thought i am not very serious about it so when i didn't eat anything for 3 days they realized that i'm very serious yeah so they said okay we will uh, cook separately for you i'm talking about, like this happened like 5 6 years ago yeah and then like it's an up and down uh, whenever i tell them something they ignore me whenever i try to argue with them or discuss with them nobody is open to discussing because they have no argument against veganism it's like uh, when you discuss with someone uh, who has a point they will debate back but these people have zero argument against veganism they are convinced that veganism is the best way but uh, yeah they cannot change themselves but i will talk about recent uh, 
things that happened so from last year i had decided that i will quit my uh, interior designing business and uh, uh, so i i've decided to become a full time activist and that didn't go down too well with my family and they didn't like mm. my decision because they thought it is very hard to like uh, survive as a, an activist and they look down upon activists they they think that people uh, one should work and earn money and uh, this is they they called me that do you want to be a beggar because uh, i said like if charitable work i'm doing good work i'm do, i'm doing work right i'm not begging and if people want to support me they can they so no they are taking donations is like begging so they look look down upon me because of that and it's been a year and recently what happened is there was a certain altercation and it was a totally different thing but uh, at the end they at the end they said at the end they said that you should leave leave this home i said why should i leave this home they said you are destroying our culture you are destroying our religion because of you our uh, kids are getting astray they are being misled uh, what if they get convinced to stop eating meat or dairy products what if they get convinced to not sacrifice animals you are destroying everything our religion our culture uh, the kids uh, you are destroying our kids future and things like you should leave and i was looking at my dad uh, because that was said by my uncle and i was looking at my dad and he said yeah I, even i want you to leave and then my uncle called a police officer who was his friend and he tried to like uh, bully me uh, to quit activism i said see i am not doing anything wrong and i'm very firm about it i if i have to leave my home i will leave my home but i won't stop uh, activism and since that day it's been like 3 uh, weeks i haven't eaten at home i have i've been eating outside and it has been difficult because finding vegan food outside and the quality of food and it's little expensive too uh, it's been difficult but uh, i am i'm firm about it that i'll if if i get the opportunity i will leave this place because it gets very difficult to you and it's also unsafe because when during eid whenever i do activism people are like keep talking like they tell my father like to make me understand not say things because they will beat me up they will kill me so like i think it will be safer also mentally peaceful and it will be safer for me to go to a place which is which has more non muslims because uh, muslims are very extremist in that way if i talk about religion i was going to say and th- this leads on to the next thing i wanted to talk about and and one of the main reasons i wanted to have you on as a guest today because this is a you know it's an incredibly frustrating and fascinating story is that i've seen you post several times on facebook that your life is in peril um can you tell us the full story there what's happened why is your life in danger so uh, i i keep receiving messages from people that someone wants to kill you and i, I don't uh, like take them for uh, like believe them because i think someone is trying to scare me and most yeah. of the people are trying to scare us so there was recently during this eid when i was doing activism some guy i don't know who was that guy whether that was a fake profile or not he take uh, he said that come to khidirpur that is a certain place and yeah. i'll cut your head and i'll tie it and like uh, i'll put it uh, for everyone to see in, uh, in public and that guy was saying things like i've never heard or seen on social media someone is writing publicly on my wall that he will cut my head and it <laughs> it was like weird and strange how can someone say that because you don't hear that in a civilized society that you someone saying that they will cut your head and they will like put it in public in front of everyone as a like a message to everyone that if you do things like this uh, like this uh, this is what can happen to you so why were you why are people saying these awful things to you like i'm going to cut off your head and stuff like that what what's their actual reasons for this there are many reasons like like i told you the liberals the liberals hmm. the thinking that i am uh, supported by the bjp government the modi government because i am talking about saving cows yeah. the hindus the hindus uh, the muslims are also thinking like that that i am supported by this uh, government and also the some religious hindus now thinking that 
I am a very staunch Muslim. I am an extremist Muslim who is trying to destroy their culture by saying that stop consuming milk. So I am getting attacked from all community in Bengal and also in India because religious Hindus, they don't want me to live. They don't want me to succeed because I'm talking against uh, dairy products. Yeah. Because uh, they use that for their religious purposes. They use that for consumption. The liberal Hindus, they don't like me because if that happens, they will have to stop quitting. If I succeed in spreading my message, they will have to stop con consuming fish and uh, cow meat and uh, uh, goat, chicken, everything. And also the Muslims think that uh, if I succeed, I'll stop the animal slaughter, like the animal sacrifice. So every no one likes me. They have, everyone has different reason for not liking yeah, so it's like you're attacked from all sides, basically. Yeah, activism, I, I keep saying that you go anywhere in the world, you do activism. It's doing activism in India is a different animal altogether, especially in Bengal. Mm. Like you wouldn't know what to do because you will have to think, okay, this group, what is this group? Is this a, like a, a Hindu religious group or Hindu liberal group? Or is yeah. this a Muslim group? What kind of group is this? What what do what they, what are they thinking? What are they, what is their culture? What is their caste? What is their religion? Are they into dairy business or are they into leather business? You do not know people, and you are talking. I remember telling uh, doing outreach to a person and talking about leather and things like that. And later I found he was a like a leather in a leather factory owner. Wow. Yeah. Similar, similar thing happened when I was doing outreach in Delhi and one person got so angry because I was talking about dairy products and uh, he was a dairy a farmer. He had that business and he got very angry because <laughs> I was yeah. creating awareness about uh, abuse in the dairy industry. He will lose business. So what the problem here is religious people, people who are uh, passionate about religion, they want to kill me. They want to hurt me. They want me to shut up. People who are very passionate about their culture, the Bengali people, right? They don't want, they want me to shut up. They don't want me to live. Then there are people, business owners. They want me to shut up. Everyone, like not only me, I think everyone, like they want all vegan activists to shut up. So mm -hmm. be just because my loud is, uh, my voice is louder here, I speak loudest and uh, most people are afraid of getting killed or beaten up. They, in uh, Bengal, you won't see many activists like speaking out uh, fearlessly. Very few people are there because everyone yeah. is afraid of getting beaten up, judged, getting uh, like booked, getting behind bars. They're not doing anything. So this is the problem in India, especially. We do not have a lot of courageous activists. People are thinking about their security and safety first. And that is why they are not doing much. I mean, it's a terrible situation. And I have to commend your, your bravery here. It's, it's, it's incredible, the bravery you've shown throughout all that. And I, I want to ask, what, what would be your advice to people who are receiving things like death threats and stuff like that? How have you managed to to cope with all that see as a, as a human beings we have a natural instinct to survive or escape death or threatening situations so no matter what we need to do at that certain situation if we have to apologize we have to apologize or whatever we need to do we need to do that to like survive that situation because i, I like i was saying we were successful in rescuing that cow from eat slaughter uh, uh, two, two years ago we were successful, but after we were successful, I couldn't stay at home. I had to leave home for a month. My family said that we do not want you here. And I stayed uh, at friends' places and in an ashram uh, for a month. So I, I stayed outside and people were looking for me. Like whatever he has done is blasphemous. He has uh, taken a cow who that was uh, in the name of God that was supposed to be sacrificed. And he has like hurt our religion he has brought his hindu friends and taken that cow away we paid the money we we compensated but even then the, there was like religious sentiments were hurt and i had to go underground for a month or so after i coming back i promised my family and other people hmm. of my locality that i won't do this again so you, i had to you went into hiding 
I I went into hiding for a month to let matters cool because wow. at that time I I don't I won't say that I would have gotten killed but this surely would have beaten me up. Yeah, I mean it's just an absolutely awful situation. Um, of course, what... and 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 I think if it had been any other country, they would have behaved me like if it had if it had been Saudi Arabia or Pakistan or Bangladesh, yeah. I wouldn't live. I wouldn't. I would. I would have been killed by now. Just because th- it's India. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that is the reason then why animal rights hasn't taken off so much in certain Asian countries? Is it because fear the activists have that they will be harmed if they speak out for animal rights? Absolutely. There is no other reason. If you go to Pakistan, if you go to Bangladesh, there are activists. Yeah. There are activists, but they uh, mellow down their message. They mellow down their message. They are not speaking as boldly as the western activists like like you say like david yeah. like arthling and uh, joey carpstrong i yeah. do, i try to like uh, be like them i like to uh, promote my message uh, i like to say I, I like to call spade a spade yeah. so i i do activism like them but the difference is my audience is uh, more violent and uh, more unruly yeah so that is the difference and uh, yeah but if I had done this in Pakistan or Bangladesh, they would have killed me by now. So I'm lucky in that way that I'm in India. And I would have been luckier if I had been in some other Western countries. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it, it kind of worries. It, you know, it's kind of weird because I think, well, you know what you were just telling me there, you know, and the way I speak on social media and stuff, I like to just say things how they are as well. So if I was to live in one of those countries you me- you mentioned, or even if I lived in, in no, Bengal, India, no. I would be in... If, if you, uh, the way you speak, if you had, uh, if you were in India, you would be dead by now. Fucking hell. Even in India, even in India, you would be dead. Because wow. your message are like, uh, far more uh, aggressive than me, I think. Mm. So yeah, you would be dead in India. Either either the it's religious crazy. Hindus or the religious yeah. Muslims or the atheists or the government, someone yeah. or the daily or the business owners, someone or the other would have to like kill. Wow, it's terrifying. It, it sets a terrifying precedent, really, because and and it shows how it it kind of makes me feel lucky um, where I am in the West that. I can say a lot of these things. I mean, I, I do I, think that freedom of speech is under attack in the West, but but that's a, but not not to the extent that it is in Asia. I mean, the fact that in Asia you can't even speak ferociously for animal rights without having your life put in peril. I mean, that's absolutely terrifying. Absolutely. So if 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 something happens here in Bengal, we go outside some restaurant and we try to speak, the public yeah. will beat you up. There will be a mob. They will beat you up and then the police will also support them. But this doesn't happen in West because yeah. uh, culturally or they're more civilized than uh, our people. They're more civilized. They won't beat you up or hurt you. They will just say maybe something rude. But I think uh, because this is because the West is uh, 10 years ahead, uh, 10, 20 years ahead from our countries. So, mm. But... Uh, I think uh, people in the West also, like the person who started initially, they had to go through a lot. So what we are going through. And uh, 10 years later, when other activists will come, they will have it easier. Because when you do it it for the first time, you have to face a lot. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess in South Asia and stuff, it's about planting those seeds and getting this idea in people's heads at first that, you know, it's wrong to do these things to animals and it's, it's just going to be a slow process until you can, until you can live without, you know, fearing for your safety all the time. Right. But Yeah. Yeah. But I think there is an advantage here as well. Uh, if you think, uh, if you think uh, deeply, because <clears throat> there are these Hindu groups, Mm-hmm. who want to save who want to protect protect cows but yeah. they are consuming dairy products if we tell the public if we expose the hindu groups we uh, who want to protect the cows we if we mm-hmm. tell the truth about dairy to the public then uh, they will have to go vegan otherwise they will be called hypocrites one so they will go vegan mm-hmm. right so 
so we have this uh, thing uh, going on for us uh, vegan activists that uh, if uh, we can make uh, 33% of the people who are vegetarian if they go vegan can you imagine 33% of a population go vegan if yeah. we can like get 2 to 3% people vegan or uh, vocal about it so the everyone will change because i i'm sure you have read about the 3.5% uh, thing that if we convince 3.5% that something is wrong the tipping so, point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Had you ever feared, like, for your family's safety as well in the midst of all this, all this, these threats and sometimes, stuff? Sometimes, 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 yeah, I thought, I thought about it. I don't know what I would do because uh, what what will happen if my message reaches, uh, like, a larger audience? What what will happen if someone says that, if, if they threaten me that I'll kill you? Okay, I don't mind. Okay, you can kill me because when I got into it, when, when I'm saying, speaking about religious issues that you should stop animal sacrifice, people are very emotional about it. They'll kill. Because I someone is telling me that, are you afraid of, of what will happen if you get killed? I already knew about it. And even after knowing I got into it, and then people are saying, okay, it is dangerous. I already didn't know what I had gotten myself into. So uh, when people tell me about it, they think that I haven't thought about it. No, I am ready to die. But the problem is I have never thought about what will happen if my family is threatened. I don't know because that situation has never arised. Yeah. And did your family ever personally feel in danger of their own lives? Did they say anything like, Altab, you've got to stop doing this. We feel threatened. Once my, once my father said that, what will happen if people come and like burn down our house or break, uh, kill us? What will happen? Yeah. I said, uh, why will they kill you? You can say that you do not support me. You can disown me. Of course, they will disown me. Like For uh, safety purpose, they will do that. And they don't support me. I can understand. So, like, uh, nothing will happen to them. Uh, the maximum, the most uh, ha- that will happen is they will disown me and I'll have to run away from them. Hmm. Well, I mean, again, I have to give props to you for your incredible bravery and that's pa- a powerful mm-hmm. message as well, that you're willing to die and to even lose family over the fight for animal rights. That's how important the animal rights struggle is. There's a holocaust yeah. going on right now of, that we can't even fathom. And it's amazing that activists like you who are, who are living in danger and, and are saying if we, if we use a, I'll say if you if we use the word Holocaust, we are watering down the message. We are dilute, diluting the message. It's, it's worse than Holocaust. What what happened with animals? Everybody knows. No one's stopping it. But what hmm. was happening with the uh, with the Jews in the Holocaust thing, Auschwitz and uh, other places in Germany? If the world came to know, they would have stopped it. But what uh, yeah. uh, people didn't know about it. But uh, Talk about animals. People know what is happening to animals. Babies are being killed, and people, the animals are being like castrated and uh, kept in small cages, starved, beaten up, raped, yeah. and everyone knows about it. That this is happening. Even then, it is not. So why will I say that it is? Hold on, this is worse than Holocaust. I was going to say as well. Are people more? sort of connected and therefore less desensitized to the slaughter process in South Asia because you have these things like sacrifices and stuff that take place in the streets. Like I know, for example, in Pakistan, there's like the Eid al-Adha sacrifices and stuff like that. I don't, is there similar stuff in like Bengal? Would, would people absolutely. murder animals in the streets? Absolutely, absolutely. It's very similar. It's almost the same. Like you can say the culture, the Muslim culture in uh, uh, Kolkata, the place that I live in, the certain uh, pockets of places like uh, Topsia and then Raja Bazaar, then Kedarpur, Momentpur, these places are like Muslim dominated yeah. and they, they, they sacrifice cows in streets. If this happened in any other state, they, there would have been riots. Yeah. But just because it is happening in Bengal, uh, there is no problem. And yeah, people uh, get desensitized. I, I'll tell you about something which uh, which is very shocking. This year, this year, uh, uh, my family, I got, I was able to convince my family not to sacrifice animals, and I was very happy, happy that they didn't sacrifice uh, uh, any animal this uh, year. Yeah. So I was living at my cousin's place because see i cannot stop 
this slaughter that is happening in the neighborhood, thousands of cows being killed. And I didn't want to go through the, through the trauma of watching the cows being killed and I'm feeling helpless. Yeah. I didn't want that to go, to go through the trauma because I couldn't save them. What would I do? Like, looking at them being killed. So I went to my cousin's place. When I came back, I heard some story that broke my heart. And at the same time, it gave me chills down my spine. Mm-hmm. What happened is there, one of my cousins, he has a young son, his age, maybe four, uh, four years, four years. Yeah, four years old. The knife was given to that baby and he slit the throat of the cow. Can you imagine? God. It, yeah. it gave me chills down my spine thinking like, what are you doing? This is child abuse. Yeah. How old was this, this is child? What is happening. Four years old. Oh my God. Yeah, it's it's just bloodlust from from day one. I mean, what chance does that kid have? That that's crazy. You you are making him violent since uh, like a kid, and uh, and this is the problem with people. They think uh, people who are violent or aggressive, uh, it is masculine and it is something to be proud of, and anything mm. that is feminine, it is something to be ashamed of. This is how this uh, culture is, especially in. Uh, among amongst the Muslims, they are not very like uh, they do not support uh, women rights as much as other uh, communities. Yeah. So women are always uh, women animals are always being suppressed in this community in the Muslim community. It's terrible, and it it kind of shows. Um, it it, it kind of goes to show why I guess it can be easier a lot of the time I guess to get through to Westerners because you show them a bit of slaughterhouse footage and they've never seen yeah. anything like that before in their life. So it's like, holy shit, what is this? I mean, my, my own girlfriend, Sam, yeah, got yeah. Met at the mm-hmm. vegan camp out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. She, did you know she's never, ever seen animal slaughter? She has no oh, idea wow. what it looks like and she's vegan. And, you know, and that's very mm-hmm. powerful to me. But I guess it's, you know, it, it, it just shows that I do have it a bit easier here because I can show someone from slaughter footage. Then I think it will be very easy. But what happens, I'll, I'll, talk you, uh, I'll talk to you about the place that I live in. 100 meters from my place and I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And there are maybe 100 meat shops and I'm seeing several goats, chickens, cows being killed in tiny places. Oh, God. It's crazy yeah. how... So if you are showing them a slaughter video of a slaughterhouse, yeah. if you are showing them Dominion, they are standing there and they are saying that kill this goat. I like this goat. Yeah. This looks the kill this chicken. I I want this chicken. This chicken looks healthy. Kill this fish. Kill this cow. I want this uh, meat of this cow. In so there, how can we like? Yeah. What what will I sh- what will I show them the video of uh, like uh, cow slaughter they are seeing what, what will I show them the video of uh, chicken slaughter they are seeing in front of them their own eyes yeah how can I convince them by seeing by showing them cruel uh, slaughter videos so, so the I shock factor only... doesn't work yeah your your messaging yeah. has to be powerful yeah so what works is uh, what the how i change uh, they do not support animal cruelty like uh, beating up animals or keeping them in bad conditions so if you go through that angle uh, go through from that point then yeah. some uh, you can gain some brownie points so this that similar thing happened with me i saw i was watching a peter video about uh, cow abuse animal abuse in the dairy yeah. industry and when i saw that i saw what were what the cows were going through right People may say that all cows were not being abused, but some cows were being abused. And if there is a chance of abuse, I do not want to take that chance. Cows were being beaten, hands yeah. were being uh, put inside their uh, uh, anus. So I didn't want that to happen. So I changed. So, But uh, I myself killed goats. I myself killed cows. I've killed kingfisher. I've killed rats. I've killed lizards for fun. I've yeah. killed crows for fun. So I've done everything. I've killed animals myself during it. So if that, a person like me can be changed by seeing a footage where a cow is being bitten with a stick, uh, where there yeah. is acid being poured on a dog or monkey is being abused. Yeah. So 
so we can uh, convince people to go vegan if we show them animal cruelty and not the killing part because for some people killing is normal and natural yeah i mean when i was a kid i i used to go fishing and i i've pulled fish out of the water with a hush, hook in their cheek and clubbed mm-hmm. them over the head i mean it's so you and i are reformed animal yeah. murderers you know we've we've done this ourselves with mm-hmm. our own bare hands and we're now animal rights activists and while it's shameful what we did it's just about making amends and moving forward now and that, I'll, that's I'll, what we can do I'll, I'll narrate one story one what happened once was me and my father we i i killed one kingfisher that was on the tree God. because i was maybe i was seeing some video of what is it called what is his name bear grills he was killing animals and eating in the wilds so yes. I, I was very inspired by him so i i had a like air gun uh, a tiny gun yeah. and i killed uh, the kingfisher and the kingfisher uh, fell on the pond and i got into the pond and t- i took the kingfisher and my father said uh, before it gets uh, before it dies we have to like cut the throat in halal way in a halal way or the meat will become haram i said okay so he took the knife and he said some uh, prayers like bismillah rahmanir and things like that in arabic and then he slit the throat of the kingfisher and i then i ate the kingfisher me and my dad but the strange thing that happened is i posted the picture of the head of the kingfisher online Mm-hmm. and at that time i was uh, not vegan i'm talking about like 10, 10 12 years ago yeah my friends from the dance circle i was in a dance group my friend from dance uh, circle they abused me a lot they called me cruel they called me heartless and i was thinking like yeah. how am i different what is this what is the difference this is a kingfisher and we all are eating chickens that are yeah. birds yeah. why am i being judged so uh, due to fear, fear i deleted the picture but now i think and even i asked recently that guy that now i'm vegan but even at that time yeah. i was thinking how are kingfishers different from chickens if uh, beheading yeah. chickens is wrong then why why were you abusing me while eating chicken what do you think now when you look back at your old self who murdered those those animals what do you think when i'll you... say i'll i'll say that i did all those things because of my surroundings mm-hmm. because everyone was doing it because when some everyone is doing something wrong you won't won't there is a huge peer pressure if like i will say the vegans are doing good thing kind thing but due to peer pressure due to the majority thing we are being abused accused insulted threatened beaten up killed mm-hmm. right mocked so why why is that happening because there there is this idea that whatever the majority is doing it is right it's brainwashing so that that brainwashing and uh, desensitization and that is what uh, at that time it was happening to me uh, yeah. i was killing kingfisher because i think oh the hunters are killing if they are not wrong why am i wrong i yeah. was killing lizards for fun because i don't know i was getting pleasure out of it i didn't like i didn't like lizards i i thought they have no right to live so i was killing the lizards because their lives didn't matter who would who would get offended if i killed the lizard because uh, no no one loves lizard everyone hates lizards i'm talking about the with uh, uh, lizards that crawl on the walls right yeah. they have pale pale skin cr- nobody like nobody likes them yeah. they, they say they are a curse and so i was killing nobody likes crows i was killing crows Yeah. And now you're living a completely opposite life, you know. Now I you're have, putting your life in danger speaking out against these injustices, to, against what no, you used to, to I, do. I have to undo a lot of injustices that I had done. I have to I have oh my god. I'm getting emotional. I've done a lot of wrong things to these animals and I don't know whether karma karma will bite me back. because now i'm thinking those animals that uh, the rats i killed the crows i killed the goats uh, cows chickens i killed everyone ha- had value i'm not say- i'm not saying that okay the cow was big that's why i'm feeling more bad for the cow and i'm feeling less bad for the lizard no i'm feeling equally b- bad for every other uh, sentient being that i killed 
and i i don't know if i could go back in time i would go back and uh, i think that is why it is very important for people like us to risk our lives and to try to undo what we have already done i know like that those lives cannot be brought back but uh, if we can save a lot of animals then maybe we we may die in peace yeah well we'll leave it there thank you so much altab for joining me that was um a very thought-provoking and an interesting discussion. And yeah, thanks so much for being Th a guest. Thank you, George. Thank you so much.